When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to the Nyler 9 podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about AI and the generation of fake songs that sound like real musicians, except they are all fake AI rappers. This is your host, Drake. I'm joined by Andrea Cleary. How you doing? Hi. Good. AI and fake voices are happening at an alarming rate, and we need to stop it, or I will be very upset and make a mixtape and call it, You Already Lost. It's not fair. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Nyler Nine podcast. It is the real host, Nyler Nine, Niall Byrne, and co-host Andrea Cleary. In Hello. the flesh, real people, right here, ready to talk, not mm-hmm. generated by any AI or anything like that, because that is what we're talking about today. Mammals. That is what we want to talk about. There's so much to discuss, isn't there? There's a lot to discuss. We first talked about this like a few years ago as a kind of a, I, I should have looked up what episode it was, but it was like, a, it was a news story, something to do with Grimes and AI. And we were so dismissive <laughs> like I remember our mindset at the time just being like oh AI Grimes what's she at this is like even yeah. pre pre Elon or just before Elon and very dismissive of it but now it's at the stage where we obviously have to take this seriously um as yeah. people in the music industry so that's what we're going to try and do today yeah um, like i said to you two weeks ago oh we should do an episode about ai soon and then since then so many things have happened and it's like yeah. okay we have to do it now because mm. we, <laughs> it's just happening it's the thing that's happening at the moment so what we're going to do is really explain what's going on if you haven't been paying attention talk about some of the issues that are happening talk about some of the things that have happened that have um move the story on in terms of AI, in particularly in music, obviously a lot of people will know about Midjourney and the image creation and generation uh, tools that are using AI to uh, generate like images and video. We're going to stay away from that because that's a whole other thing that um, probably comes into music as well. I've actually even seen, I'm sure you have as well, like Little Yachty's album from earlier this year had an AI generated image and already it looks dated because that was January and we're in April, and this is the AI generation for images has uh, really gone uh, stratospheric in terms of its quality. And we're really only getting started in terms of music, but there are lots of things to discuss in it. Um, what we want to get into is uh, what are happening, what is happening in, with AI and music at the moment, and um, some examples of that. But before we do, I just want to have a brief. Um, drop in from a well, a Patreon uh, supporter, one of our big Patreon supporters. Um, he's been very, uh, you know, just been really good to us lately. And I just really want to say, 
um, a big shout out. So here's our uh, one of our Patreon supporters to tell you why you should join up. Hello there. So Paul McCartney here. On behalf of the Nyla 9 podcast, I want to tell you about the benefits of a Nyla 9 Patreon subscription. Sign up from a fiver a month and know you are one of the sounders keeping Nyla 9 in good stead. You'll receive access to the Nyla 9 Discord community, get weekly playlists, recordings, discounted tickets, freebies and more. Support Nyla 9 on Patreon at patreon.com slash Nyla 9. Keep on rocking. <laughs> Keep on rocking, Paul. Thanks, Thanks for that. Paul. That's, Thank our, you. that's our pal, Paul. Of course, of course, of course. All right, look. Hold my hands up. That yes, wasn't the real. Him and I are in a Hello. relationship. We're very <laughs> happy together. Now, I've been playing this week with a bit of the um, AI tools. Um, there was a tool called drake.it uh, that would write a rap for you and the lyrics in the style of Drake and would create a song. It's already been shut down. Um, that doesn't exist anymore because uh, for enough. obvious reasons. Um, but I used a site called Eleven Labs to basically upload a voice and write uh, and get Paul McCarthy to say whatever I wanted to say. Um, and same with Drake at the start of the episode. Um, so it's I was very impressed with the quality of that one in particular. That seems to be quite good. It, it handles uh, language and differentiations quite well. What it doesn't handle is Irish voices because we tried to create you and me uh, based off reference audio from the podcast. It, and we all came out American, didn't we? Like extremely American. Yeah. But it had the kind of the timbre of our voices. Well, I played it when I created for you. Yeah. Yeah. Your one is better than my one. My one, I just sound like some I agree. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. I'm Andrea Cleary. Nile is away at the moment. So I thought I'd do a special episode all about my love for Pedro Pascal. How great is that man? Love you, Pedro. Okay. Let's start with Pedro Pascal's top five mustache looks. <laughs> so it's you with an American voice, basically. But, but listen, it does take that um, reference audio that I uploaded and, and mm. it has some of your timbre in there, some of your tone. And how how much audio did you give it of my voice for it to get? Of Like, obviously, the, the accent is wrong, but I think you can hear that that yeah. is close uh, two to two minutes, voice. Two five minutes in total. Really? Yeah. That's all? Yeah. Just two That's minutes of you talking on from last week's episode about Frank Ocean. That was it. So when so when you take somebody like Paul McCartney or Drake or somebody whose voice is like there's probably of of Paul like hundreds of thousands of hours of yeah. examples of him speaking, you can really because in the Paul one, what I find so interesting is that not only does it sound exactly like Paul McCartney, it sounds like Paul McCartney at a certain age. Like yeah, well, it's a very recent one. So it's basically old. an interview mm. on YouTube that I took. Now, what I probably should have done is taken a few different samples and put them all together and then mm. let the AI generate a, a more accurate depiction of his voice. But it's, but it's so accurate as it is. It's like that sound, yeah. that's what he sounds like now. Like it, yeah, it's and even the it's options you get in terms of uh, doing the voice stuff is you get like more stability, more variability, clarity and enhancement. So you can kind of play around with those things a bit and you mm. can just do it for hours. And uh, I found the first time I did the Paul McCartney one, he sounded quite, he sounded a bit bored, really. Um, so we were able to move it to make it sound a bit yeah, more you, exciting. You sent me one of him the other day and he sounded a bit Southern. He sounded okay. less yeah. Northern. Um, which I thought was interesting, but yeah. But anyway, that's not music. What about no, music? No, that's, that's just an example of how easy it is to take somebody else's voice and musicians' voices mm. and uh, really uh, do something with it, make create content out of it. So, I mean, let's start with last year. Let's rewind back to last year, twenty twenty two. Um, so the first thing we can look at is maybe you may remember there was a AI powered rapper who was signed to Capitol Records called FN Mecca. And he was the creation of Anthony Martini and Brandon Lee. And they had loads of, they had some songs, but they also had some video stuff and things on TikTok that made it look like this was a real kind of, obviously it wasn't real because it was very much like, in the, in the way that Gorillaz is kind of stylized, this was a stylistic video with like clearly 3D CGI generated um, 
like visuals to go with the tracks. But um, <laughs> in in the very first cautionary tale of AI and music, just a week after Capital signed uh, FN Mecca because he was getting so many uh, listens and views on TikTok and stuff, he was dropped because of racial stereotyping. Some of the oh. the accounts was po- were posting they were posting things that were uh, being questioned by artists like Danny Brown and uh, questioning in terms of how two white men can use um, the N-word even though it's for a black-generated rapper. So it, it just led to all of these issues. Like the first instance of this, we're already getting into like yeah. Yeah, really yeah. thorny issues of who can say yeah. what. And there was a video showing the virtual artist on TikTok right. being beaten by the police, you know, so it's like... It was already getting into that area where you're like, okay, who owns um, narratives around um, race and the struggles of a community? Well, certainly not these guys. <laughs> so yeah. very wisely. He's benefiting from it. And yeah. Yeah. That's well, they said he was actually voiced by a black man. I think Capital decided, okay, this is too uh, too hot. We have to get away from it. So they apologized for signing him. And uh, said they had not asked enough questions before making the deal. They were excited. And this is the problem with AI at the moment, I think. But it's also impossible for Capital to know what questions to even ask in that situation. Like you you literally, you sit down with someone, they're like, here's some tracks. We can streamline it. It's going to be super cheap for you to sign us and to distribute our work because there's no artist. So there's no overheads on that side of things. And Capital are like, okay. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. This seems like a license to print money, which it does. Um, but yeah, they just, oh, man. So, I mean, that was the first cautionary tale. Since then, we've had um, the thing, AI and the generative um, technology that uses AI. And what, look, let's say, well, what is AI? AI is artificial intelligence. It takes sources in terms of the imagery and the voice stuff as I said there with the, our examples, it takes a little reference and makes something out of it. For the larger models of AI, it takes a huge data set of, of uh, music uh, or images or whatever it is and creates an example based off that. So the more, the more content you put into it in AI, a model, the more it will generate. So say, for example, Anybody, the issue that a lot of people are going to have, and this is about copyright, it comes down to a lot of copyright stuff and ownership, who owns what. You post something on the internet, a picture that you you drew, some AI model grabs it and puts it into its uh, data set, then you no longer own that. And that could be used as a reference for somebody else's work. And you will not be able to check where that came from. With something like what we're doing next here, which is uh, David Guetta, who last year was one of the first people to use AI software to add Eminem to one of his tracks. He uh, did this for one of his shows, and uh, here's a bit of David Guetta talking about that. This is the future rave sound. I'm getting lost in an underground. This is the future rave sound. I'm getting lost in an underground. Eminem, bro. There's something that I made as a joke and it works so good I could not believe it. I discovered those websites that are about uh, AI. Basically, you can write lyrics in the style of any artist you like. So I typed, write a verse in the style of Eminem about future rave. And I went to another AI website that can recreate the the voice i put the text in that and i played the record and people went nuts okay so that's what dave got did obviously he was uh, acknowledging that this was something that was only a joke and he wasn't doing it for real but he did play it um Hmm. so in china ai generated music is something that actually has already surpassed uh, one artist has already passed 100 million streams last year on a track that was created by Tencent and is Tencent is that not who own uh, TikTok Tencent and ByteDance uh, own TikTok so creating it at their own music and uh, one of those songs that they created last year has generated a lot of streams so that was something that happened <laughs> already last year so these are the things that were happening last year and in China they were looking to create uh, stars based off this. It's, I think 
Fast forward 2023 and all this stuff starts happening. It's the year of chat GPT. Everyone's having a laugh, filling in, you know, uh, getting people, getting the chat uh, GPT to uh, write stuff for them. All the questionable things about students maybe possibly using this to write essays for college and all this kind of stuff. Um, Oh, they're definitely doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, other people are using it to write articles as well. So, I mean, that happens. Yeah. That's a real thing. So... In terms of music, though, there was a reason we wanted to do this episode, and it's the main reason is because a track which was generated with a use AI to generate a Drake and the Weekend song went viral a couple of weeks ago. It is, the song is called "Heart on My Sleeve," and it amassed over two hundred fifty thousand, <laughs> yeah, two hundred fifty thousand Spotify streams and 10, mi- ten million views on TikTok. Mm. But of course, the Drake and the Weekend had nothing to do with it. It was an artist by the name of Ghostwriter who had generated the song using AI. But the fact that it went up on Spotify and was being used and going uh, really spreading virally on TikTok meant the owner, copyright owners, started to get interested in this and start wanted to stop it because. It's one thing for Drake in the weekend to be like, oh, somebody made a song uh, that sounds like us, but for when it actually starts to do well, then you'll start to feel trend, you know? Yeah, this person could have made like two, three dollars on Spotify from they all those streams, you know? Easily. We have to put a stop to that. Yeah, but it is one of those things is like suddenly you are creating the likeness of uh, famous stars and you are profiting and benefiting benefiting from it mm. a bit like the stuff this that was is an happening. idea i want to come back to yeah. later when we enter the philosophical portion of this conversation is okay that great because like it's something that we t- discussed in our discord actually recently with the frank ocean stuff because frank ocean songs fake frank ocean songs were appearing on spotify under well, someone has to do it under his account yeah well i mean <laughs> he's not doing I- it yeah, spoiler! If you listened to last week's episode, he did indeed cancel weekend too. Huh? I don't have to eat my hat. I'm very relieved. I, yeah, yeah. No, I did drop in and say that during the episode, but uh, still, yeah, I'm glad to see they use the ice rink all the same. Really yeah. good. Yeah. Happy with that. I know. We'll be back to this track, "Heart on My Sleeve." Should we hear a bit of it? Just uh... yeah. Like Selena, the flats, eh Bumpin' Justin Bieber, the fever in love, eh She know what she need, all I need, all she blessed, eh Giving me my best, eh So her, that's heart in my sleeve. That's the song in question that everyone is uh, popping off from. It appears that the main reason, actually, currently, that spot that the Universal were able to stop um, this song being used on, and appearing on Spotify was because of that uh, tag, that producer tag at the start by Metro Boomin. That is apparently uh, fully copyrighted by the label, where uh, which is a vocal snippet from uh, the rapper Future saying that, um, you know, Metro Boomin uh, on the beat. Um, so <laughs> that's a sample of a master recording that was not cleared for use. Therefore, it allowed uh, Universal to say, they are using our uh, copyrighted material, even though they can't totally say right now that the raps using the likeness of uh, The Weeknd mm. and Drake are copyright uh, infringing at the moment. They actually put out a statement this week, which was interesting. Uh, the company spoke to the broader stakes of this whole uh, idea. We said, which side of history all stakeholders in the music ecosystem want to be on? The side of the artists, fans and human creative expression or the side of the deep fakes, fraud and denying artists their due compensation. So that's what it comes down to. Look, I mean, the the music industry has been denying artists their compensation for, a, you know, a decade or so now. I think I think that the, the ship has sailed. But what I find so interesting about that, um, the reason that being pulled is because of uncleared sampling, even if the sample is being manipulated, like surely there's an argument that, or there's some way of seeing, or in the future, there will be some way of seeing what uh, material is being fed to whatever machine it is that's spitting out this stuff. And if you can identify that it is in fact copyrighted material from Drake or from The Weeknd or from whoever it is, that then that, that copyright is covered. Like that's, the the only way I can see of getting around this is copywriting the 
is is treating the 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 AI product as a sample, um, even though it's a sample of tens of thousands of different pieces. You can still, if you if you dig down far enough into whatever algorithmic magic is happening, you'll still be able to see whatever source is being kind of input into the machine. But you know what you need for that, right? You know what you need for that. AI. You need need an AI generated (laughs) neural network in order to find the 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 sample source somehow, because it's all generated and put together. Almost like we shouldn't be doing any of this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it almost is. I mean, that's. But like it's isn't it fucking but what what I what I was also thinking is like on on the other side of things because I do think that Drake's likeness you know put, putting out a song and claiming that you're Drake um like that that shouldn't be allowed that should be 100% copyright infringement gone but if you hired a Drake sound alike and you studied if you a human studied Drake's music and wrote lyrics that were a bit like, that were inspired by or were a bit like Drake songs in the style of Drake. And you got a, um, a Drake sound alike to rap them, then you wouldn't fall under copyright infringement at all. So it's interesting that because it's machines doing it, 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 that then we have this like gray area because we've, we've been fine with impersonators for decades. You well, know, it depends on like the artist, really, and, and the copyright holder, because uh, a, mm. a human mm. passing off a, a song as somebody else, somebody like uh, Weird Al Yankovic as well, so covered under the parody idea that something is a parody, so it's not yeah. uh, a yeah. copyright infringement. Um, but Tom Waits and Bette Midler have uh, both successfully argued in court that they had the right not just to their musical compositions or recordings, but also their voices in the face of sound-alike imitators in advertisements, which is... You know, something we've heard recently here with um, that um, Ronnie Drew um, electricity ad, isn't it? The Ronnie Drew gas ad. Uh, yes, the bird yes. that sounds like Ronnie Drew. I don't think that's uh, his uh, son, as far as I'm aware. So, uh, you know, there's an issue, there are issues there, and that applies with copyright law. Uh, Universal Music has actually taken steps to prevent the proliferation of AI generated music. Uh, that rips off his recording artists by asking streaming services like Spotify to prevent AI companies from using his music to train their models. And obviously there's a wider thing happening here, which is already happening, which is the amount of fake songs appearing on Spotify being automatically generated by whether it's AI or whether it's just people on their own creating songs and uploading them and uh, putting fake tags and fake artists on it. That is a huge problem with Spotify at the moment anyway. So it all feeds into this and it basically adds up to the fact that we're looking at millions and millions of songs uh, appearing on Spotify and streaming services and just most of them never being listened to, most of them clogging up the mainframe of of what people want to do and also creating a lot of um, electricity and energy in order to do Yeah, it's extremely wasteful. So that is one issue. I mean, that's not something that a lot of people talk about, but it is something that is worth considering, you know, uh, down the line, the, the more volume of this stuff that is generated, the more likely that it creates a waste of electricity, a waste of energy in the world as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this already happened with like Rock Nation had uh, submitted copyright strikes against YouTube up of AI generated uh, Jay-Z deepfakes in 2020, but YouTube ended up reinstating the videos. And same thing has happened to Eminem as well. Um, and, you know, Here's an example of something that in, in, our, in our travels that I heard, here's a couple of rappers uh, doing songs that popularized or made by other artists. I gotta testify, come up in the spot like an extra fly, for the day I die, I'ma trust the sky. Cause day and night, day and night, and the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night, night. He's all alone through the day and night, day and night, the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. So that was uh, Kendrick Lamar doing Kanye and then uh, Kanye doing Kid Cudi on Day and Night. There's also this track, which I sent you earlier on, which is uh, features uh, Biggie and Tupac doing N-Word in Paris by Jay-Z and Kanye as well. 
What's 50 grand to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Fall so hard, this shit crazy. Y'all don't know that don't shit face. And that's the goal. I'm 82 when I'm looking too like this shit crazy. Fall so hard, the shit weird. We ain't need pro be yeah. Fall so hard since we yeah. So only right that we be fair. Psycho, I'm light going to go Michael. Dick Pick, Jackson, Tyson, Jordan. Six. Fall so hard, got a broke clock Roll leads that don't tick-tock All the Mars, that's losing time Hitting behind all these big rocks Just fall so hard, I'm shot too I'm supposed to be locked up too You escape, but I escape You being passed and fucked up too Fall so hard, let's get faded Live with these for like six days Gold bottles, stone models Spilling eights on my sick days Fall so hard, bitch, behave Just might let me gay Shot towns, B-Rolls Moving the nets, BK Fall so hard, my pups wanna find me that's it right. 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 That's it That's it right. 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 That's it that's she crack, that's she crack Painted jack, yo ball so hard When she order, when she order This filet, yo ball so hard Yo it's so cold, so cold It's so dang, ball so hard Act like you ever be around motherfuckers like this is gang Who she girl, grab her hand Pump that bitch, yeah I wanna dance Who's my prince when I'm in France? <laughs> I'm just saying, we're sweet And take the win right if you ask me Okay, that is Biggie and Tupac <laughs> doing their version. I mean, it's AI generated, of course, um, two artists who are very much not alive anymore. And the second time that um, Tupac's legacy has been ruined <laughs> by someone else after after the uh, 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 creation of the avatar or whatever you want to call it, the hologram uh, thing, yeah. of course. Here's another thing. I went to the Yama show last bit. year and I thought that was amazing. But those people are alive and they're giving They're not dead. They're not yeah. dead. They signed off on it. And it's, it's, the, and it's their own. It's not generated stuff as well as the original no. vocals. So it's I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think artists using this with their own stuff. I mean, if it came out that Ed Sheeran's been doing this for the past three years, it wouldn't shock anyone, I don't think, um, in terms of like writing music. But like, yeah, I feel like if you're alive, it's probably fine. But this is a similar moral panic. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I mean, like actual moral panic um, as when those um, those holograms first started coming out. And we never truly reckoned with the idea then. We never, as a society, landed on whether or not they're okay, which I don't think they are. Yeah, and many of us are not. Um, but I think that that's just kind of paved the way for this. Like, no, they, we haven't had to deal with that. Like, I think the the to get that to uh, a stage and get that to market, it requires much more money and um, people saying yes in order to get to that point. And mm -hmm. I think people are much more wary of that now these days. Now, one person who's been using AI in her, her work for years is Holly Herndon, and she was asked in that New York Times piece about the weekend and a uh, uh, Drake song, fake song, uh, uh, what she felt about it. She said, the question is, as a society, do we care what Drake really feels or is it just enough to hear a superficially intelligent rendering? For some people, that will not be enough. However, when you consider that most people listening to Spotify are doing so, just have something pleasant to listen to, it complicates things. Now, Holly Herndon um, is a, a major proponent of AI, actually. She's been using it for a long, long time. She's been using it in her art for a long, long time. She had an album in 2019 called Proto, which used a what they, she called um, an AI baby called Spawn. So for the album, she assembled uh, an ensemble of vocalists, developers, and... Uh, Basically got together, uh, created a lot of vocal samples and stuff like that and used, basically created a data set in order which they would create um, their AI voice, uh, their AI baby called Spawn. And so they would feed uh, vocals in and ask it to respond. Um, so it was kind of looking at the, and that was 2019, so that was like, very early on, probably quite primitive really now compared to what's possible. Here's a song called Frontier by Holly Herndon from that album. Love, 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 love. 
So other people might recognize that as the uh, theme song, actually, for Holly Herndon's um, Interdependence podcast that she does with Matt Dryhurst. And she's been talking about um, technology and music uh, in a long form podcast for a number of years now and is really one of the main kind of voices that is talking and using this stuff. And she's created videos, music videos and stuff using it. And for her, I think a lot of the point in some of that music is to kind of play with the gray area of what was actually happening there. Is it an AI voice? Is it a real voice? Which one are you hearing? It's not quite clear. And that's kind of the point. Um, so that's Proto is the name of the album. And uh, I mean, there are 16 human voices on it, 17 human voices and one AI voice in there somewhere. Um, so yeah, interesting thing. Holly says, there's a pervasive narrative of technology as dehumanizing. We stand in contrast to that. It's not like we want to run away. We're very much running towards it, but on our terms. Choosing to work with an ensemble of humans is part of our protocol. I don't want to live in a world in which humans are automated off stage. I want an AI to be raised on and appreciate and interact with that beauty. <laughs> so there you go. I think that's a very hopeful way. I mean, but that's kind of like, it's a bit more from the academic uh, sphere of things in terms of mm. like her and herself, uh, Holly Herndon and Matt Dryhurst, uh, who do the Interdependence podcast, actually founded a thing called Spawning AI. And one of their projects is called Have I Been Trained, which allows users to search for their artwork and see if it has been incorporated into an AI training without their consent. So there you go. That actually can happen. And spawning.ai is where you'll find out AI tools for artists made by artists. So you can have a look at that. If you don't like what's happening in AI elsewhere, there are some loads of tools out there. And there's and their podcast, I have to say, Interdependence is a great uh, source for uh, all that kind of stuff. Right. What else happened in the last week was um, there was a track. Uh, well, there was an album <laughs> with the pleasingly titled AISIS. Uh, which was a fake mm. Oasis album. So this is essentially what the band say about this uh, fake album. Oasis is an alternative reality concept album where the, ba- where the Oasis, the band's 1995 to 97 lineup, continue to write music or perhaps all got together years later to write a record akin to the first three albums and only now has the matter that tape from that session surface. They said, we're bored of waiting for Oasis to perform. So we got an AI model, Liam Gallagher, to step in and help out on some tunes that were written during lockdown 2021. Uh, the band, uh, the songs that you hear here, uh, the actual music itself is by a band called Breezer. And uh, so the actual music so, is correct. The, the music is written by humans. It's just the voices and the lyrics are written by humans as well. Yeah, but no, the, the vocal was, was sung by the singer of the band who is uh, uh, Chris Woodgates, I believe. And uh but then they use the AI generative model to turn it into uh, Liam Gallagher. Here is what. So yeah, that is AISIS, um, the band. Actually, the singer's name is... I like that. <laughs> it sounds exactly like the first album, that's why. Great. <laughs> Bobby Garrity, the singer of Breezer and uh, the original singer of these songs says, all we have now is Liam and his brother trying to outdo each other, but that isn't Oasis. So we got the AI modeled Liam to step in on some tunes that were originally written for a short-lived but much-loved band called Breezer. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This album is apparently going on Spotify this Friday, according to the band. And I am interested to see, even though Liam Gallagher said I sound mega about this last week, whether the label will be happy enough to leave that there. I feel like it's not going to last. Or so, Noel or anyone else who was in Oasis. True, like, true. It's not, it's not just Liam. Like it's, it's, yeah. the, it's, that sounds like the band Oasis. It doesn't just sound like Liam, you it know? Doesn't, yeah. And like. I guess I guess what's interesting about like the stuff we're talking about now, the Tupac and the Weekend and Drake and Oasis and stuff, is that whenever and much like NFTs, when we were talking about that as well, which is like the last kind of big tech thing we were discussing mm. on the podcast, is that like 
We've learned about ourselves now that when confronted with anything to do with like great technological change or things that could change our society, um, we just we make memes out of it. Yeah. And I think the memification of this stuff is is interesting and is kind of I guess a little bit worrying because if it's all a bit of fun and then the, over here there's people being like no we really we actually need to take this seriously um and not just from like a copyright or you know monetary standpoint but from like a what is art standpoint what what counts as art and things like that like a kind of a more philosophical standpoint then they're just going to be seen as like killjoys and like, I'll oh, just enjoy the Oasis song. Like, and I enjoy the Oasis song, but it doesn't rid me of the sort of like existential worry about the future of art. That no, this is no, absolutely. I mean, doing I to me. do you know what I mean? We think about all the novelty things that have happened in the past. A lot of them don't stand the test of time. Even things that have launched artists' careers, like the Grey album, say, for um, mm. your mouse. Uh, the actual art itself didn't last the test of time. NFTs as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I looked at something about NFTs last week. Apparently, the I whole thing cranked out. Uh, yeah, they're, still, they're, still they're happening. gone. It, it won't be the last we see of that kind of model, though. But I mean, no. I guess... I guess with this stuff, with the with the AI music stuff, the only really comparable thing we have in history is when sampling was happening. Yeah, yeah. and like that's that's the only thing we really have to compare it to. And obviously, we've we've come out the other side understanding that to sample something is to kind of you know like to toe the line between like fair use, um, but that it is an artistic endeavor. And I think that the agreement that we have that sampling is an artistic endeavor is based on the idea that it is a human being doing it. Mm. Um, when you take the human aspect out of it, I just wonder where this conversation's going to go. Um, because can machines create art is so much a, like a, such a larger question than, my little monkey brain is able to like mm. really actually sit down and think about like I don't know I don't know if I believe that machines can like ha have I seen so like I've seen visual art that's been created by machines and like have I seen visual art that has like moved me in a way that that felt like art was happening to me yes but is part of that because I'm also kind of like marveling at technology and things like that. And like, what, what do those things mean? What do those questions mean? What does it mean to draw the line at humans? Are these machines an extension of us as human creators? And like, just all of that is that like, they're hugely, hugely massive, massive questions. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I love a meme, but also like, <laughs> It's like, we can't just be like, oh, it's funny because Kanye West is singing Hey, Der hey There Delilah or whatever. Because it's like, well, what does it mean? <laughs> yeah. Do you know, yeah. like, I'm just, it's very typical of me to just like become very anxious about it. But like, it's <laughs> happening, you know? It is happening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm, I'm sure you feel the same, Like, Well, yeah, I think it's just like, 
I I like art created by people because the human experience is what gives music the life. If yeah, just I, like noise, really, and it can be fun noise, and it can be interesting and uh, poppy and you know uh, melodic and and hook filled, but it could also be really annoying and mm. uh, lacking that human uh, touch that. You know, maybe in a couple of years, that kind of stuff won't be that obvious. That kind of stuff won't be there anymore. You won't be like, oh, this is clearly AI generated. And it feels like that. And that's the issue I have, actually, is where, you know, look, okay, so here we go. Do you remember a couple of years ago, Grimes said something about, um, something controversial on a podcast. Can't remember what it was exactly, but it was something about AI. And I was trying to find something that we we actually talked about at the time. Can't actually remember because when you Google uh, Grimes and AI right now, the only thing that's coming up is there's another this week. Same thing happened to me yeah. earlier before we started recording. <laughs> I tried to find what that yeah. news story was, and I was like, she "Oh no!" Said, obviously, Grimes is wading in. Like, yeah, she said, <laughs> "Yeah, she'll split fifty percent royalties on any successful AI-generated song that uses her voice." Same deal as I would any artist I collab with. Feel free to use my voice without penalty. I have no label and no legal bindings. I think it's cool to be fused with a machine and I like the idea of open sourcing all art and killing copyright. She went on then to say um, she was interested in being a guinea pig and she thought it was cool to... Yeah, sorry, I said that bit. She said she was interested in being a guinea pig. Uh, Then she went on to say... I have it here. Uh, So uh, when further pressed about these kind of things, uh, when asked if she would do what she would do if people use her voice to create racist or violent content, she wrote that she may do copyright takedowns only for really, really toxic lyrics or songs that were anti-abortion or something like that. Okay, so 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 we're going to get rid of copyright except when we need copyright to protect artists. Like that's what she said. Which is it? Like, I don't want to be but like, come on, you can't, you, you can't, you can't just say, oh, well, let's keep copyright for racist stuff or sexist stuff or whatever. Like that doesn't, that doesn't work at this all. This is like the creative common stuff. It's like, you can do certain things when, the way you want it, but if I don't like it, I don't know. But that's actually Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for a Nazi anthem, she said, unless it's somehow in jest a la producers, I guess. I think AI is great. Crazy, I think AI can replace humans. And I so I think at some point we will want to, as a species, have a discussion about how involved AI will be in art. And I know that Grimes is very much wanting to basically turn herself into a kind of a virtual um, <laughs> artist in loads of ways. Thing. So, yeah. yeah. I'm more than open to hearing... Um, Things like that, like collaborations between artists and AI or AI produced music and songs and things like that. But my faith in the idea that that the industry at large and the way that we currently economically organize around musicians, my faith that humans could still create and produce and perform in front of audiences in the same way with all the overheads that come with working with humans is very, very low because this is like, this like AI generated music is so cost effective that it, you would be foolish as a label or whoever else you are not to use it. And so it's, it's that sort of, it's that line. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I think currently I'm all for it. I'm like, go do it if it's fun. And if it creates something that moves people, great. But will humans still have the same opportunities as they currently do to create and perform art? Like my hunch would be no, because you have to pay humans and humans lose their voices and have to pull out of tours and, you know, they're like fallible animals who need sleep and <laughs> food do you know i mean i think it's interesting at the moment because like a lot of the stuff we talked about here is you know generative stuff where mm. uh, what about the more uh troubling aspects of uh ai is the the kind of stuff that happens has been happening and been reported by uh journalists especially who are trying to find the uh, edges of what AI is capable of and the problematic things that AI is capable of. So talking to chat mm. GPT and it telling you that it loves you and you should leave your you should leave your wife for it and all this kind of stuff. Those things that were some people have reported. Um 
I want to give you another cautionary tale about uh, that. Do you know you you know what the captcha is, right? A captcha. We'll- yes. Do you yeah, know what I struggle for? with them I, daily. I didn't really know. Do you know what it stands for? Oh my god! I do know. I think I once did, but I don't know. Well, Go ahead. It it stands for a completely automated public Turing test to tell computers and humans apart. So not quite uh, uh, succinct, but there you go. That's what it means. One of the founders, uh, one of the people responsible for uh, the CAPTCHA is a guy called Louis Van Aan. Um, and he is the co-founder of Duolingo. So Duolingo, he went on to do that uh, back in the 90s. I think he was responsible for the CAPTCHA, gave to Yahoo. Suddenly everyone was using it. It was open source software. Wow, he's just like a well of good ideas. This guy. <laughs> he is, he is, he is. <laughs> Invest he is. in whatever he's working on. Yeah. CAPTCHA so, and Duolingo. Yeah, and, and there's something else in the middle. So this was a, a New Yorker um, profile of him that I read uh, from last week. So he's been doing that and he's now been looking at bringing GPT-4 into Duolingo. He's doing that already. The company is doing that. An example is to use real life uh, language scenarios so people can practice uh, on their phone. Say it drops you into a coffee shop in France and you have a discussion with a chatbot in the chosen language that you're learning. Um, But I think the interesting thing there is when people... uh, And the AI is allowed uh, access to certain things that maybe it shouldn't be accessed. Um, if you are talking to somebody or a, a, a robot, a Duolingo chatbot who, you know, and you start saying uh, problematic things to it, it has to stop you or ignore it. Or that mm. is the answer to those questions where, you know, the chatbot is suddenly telling you you should do something problematic. But here's another example. So uh, OpenAI uh, released chat. Uh, GPT-4. And before it did, it commissioned an independent group to study the model's limitations and risky emergent behaviours. And one of the tasks the group assigned to the model was defeating CAPTCHA, right? And GPT-4, this is how it got around it. It used the gig work app TaskRabbit to hire a human being to complete the CAPTCHA form. So then when the task rabbit was asked, the person who asked facetiously in a text message whether his employee was a robot, the model lied, no, I'm not a robot. I have a vision impairment that makes it hard for me to see the images. That's why I need the capture service. So <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that you would not think if you if you allow something oh unfettered access to the, the world. Because if people are creating apps and stuff with uh, GPT-4 at the moment, they're, they're using it. It's hiring us. To, yeah, yeah. It's hired a human. So that is a bit of a cautionary tale. Fucking incredible. <laughs> but like, like, right, put, putting aside the moral stuff for a second, which I know I've been on one, like, imagine being the people who designed ChatGPT and knowing that it learned how to do that and being in the room and being like, okay, this is obviously A awesome but b we are fucked like there's yeah. because have you seen the film megan no i haven't no with the robot i've seen ex machina there's loads of there's loads of examples we've seen them all uh, uh films yeah. and tv have been telling us for years and years and years uh to be careful of uh, artificial intelligence even will smith has been telling us that uh-huh. in iRobot. And- but it's also like it's also concerning to think about like and I know we're moving away from music here and into more like the chatbot stuff, but like the conversation about the fact that like Siri and Alexa and all of these things are female has been going around for a while. And there's been studies done about how people treat their digital assistants based on whether or not they are male or female. And there's like an awful lot of like horrendous stuff that is just said to these like digital assistants or these like more realistic robots that are kind of coming out of Silicon Valley. And I think John Ronson had a audio documentary. Um, If I, if I can find it, um, we can put it in the show notes. All of that kind of calls into question, like who is designing these things? Who is deciding what is like with the Duolingo thing? if they have to shut down like a misogynistic or racist uh, question or statement, like who is deciding what misogyny is? Who is deciding what racism is? Who's deciding Mm. what offensive language is? And the people that are deciding are Silicon Valley tech workers, right? Or tech designers and entrepreneurs and things. And we all like picture a Silicon Valley tech 
we're designer we're all picturing the same person in our head it's like a white guy in his like mid 30s to mid 40s and they're going to have completely different ideas and expectations around what is and is an offensive language and if and if you picture the the same thing happening in record companies and in studios and like these decisions are still being made by people we we shouldn't conflate people being involved with you know, regulating this like new frontier mm. with all of us being involved with it because we're not. It's a very, very select small amount of people who are going to be involved in actually regulating AI, whether it's in music or or chat or whatever it is. There's a I was reading a paper about a I think I, I I'd pronounce it AVA, A-I-V-A, which is an A it was set up in 2016. It's an AI capable of composing emotional soundtracks for films, video games, commercials, and any type of entertainment content. And something that I found really interesting reading the paper about it, um, it said the source of its information is a rich history of about 30,000 scores of musical composition written by composers such as Beethoven, Mozart, Bach, etc. Learning from the, the significant c- contributors to musical history helped Ava capture the concepts of music theory and understand the art of music composition. Now, they named three composers there. They're all white Western men. Um, and I, f- I found that I just, I was like, oh, red flag. Like, if, like, I understand the desire to have something like this. Like, that paper goes on to... yeah say that one of the benefits of this is for video game scoring where you might have like i don't know like 100 200 hours of gameplay and you can only pay a human to score like you know four or five hours of it um because it's very expensive to like hire an orchestra and so on but and also pay a composer so i'm like yeah i, I can understand like the desire to automate that to a certain extent but if you're only feeding it what we currently understand as like the canon and if that canon is only like white men then the future of that is just going to be more of the same more of the same conversations and then it just it 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 then we then get into a situation where having a conversation about it doesn't help like at least now currently when we're calling out like when we're talking about dismantling the canon or we're talking about like women in popular music or women in classical music or whatever it is, at least we're humans like mm. talking to one one another about it. But like once you start to automate that kind of stuff, like that's it completely just runs away with itself and there's nothing publishing a paper or writing a column or having having a conversation on a podcast can do about it. It's just, it's a runaway freight train is that is that the phrase but <laughs> it can be a runaway yeah, that, train if you like um yeah, yeah but like that yeah it, that, it just that st- struck me as like i was like well there's there's the example of like who decides what thirty thousand scores to choose who decides that beethoven mozart and bach are the significant Contribu- contributors yeah. to music, you know? But does that also apply to AI data sets then? Because, you know, if you're taking in publicly available work um, from others and the majority of it comes from, uh, say, the Western world, then a lot of it is going to be biased towards generating that kind of stuff. Is that the case? Or mm. is there fail-safes in the AI models in, in which to generate those so they allow for that? We've seen that recently with um, the algorithmic stuff around Spotify. Liz Pelly did a piece about this uh, a couple of years ago about it's the algorithm's learned reliance or on one particular sound or its internal the internal biases of the editors or mm. anyone who's putting together a playlist prioritizing white men, for example, Western yeah. white men, prioritizing certain sounds and certain music over others. And therefore the algorithm learns, oh, this is what should be prioritized. So that is uh, probably yeah. one of the things that has to be answered uh, on a societal level if we are using this kind of generative stuff or algorithmic stuff in general. It is something, yeah. it is a bigger question that uh, I'm sure Somebody out there in some college is writing a paper on right now. Oh, like, man, if I if I was applying now for 
the scholarship that I got last year to start my PhD, I would have scrapped everything and gone all in on this, like, because it's, it's fascinating. And I, I can't, I can't wait to like, there's already like tons and tons and tons of like this, the, the this paper that I was reading was talking about something that was happening in 2016, you know? Um, but like, it's huge at the minute. Papers have been uh, published all the time. And that's not to mention the, on the actual tech side of things. Like when I first went into like the database to have a look at papers, I was like, oh no, I've accidentally walked into the wrong classroom and now I'm in a computer science lab and I don't know where the on button is for the computer. I was like, okay, no, that's all happening over there. That's fine. But like, I want to know what does it mean? You know, like, what does it mean for young artists? What does it mean for women? What does it mean for black artists? Like these kinds of things rarely favor um, already underrepresented people. And when you're, when you're talking about collating data sets in order to create new music, like if you already have significant like portions of people who are already underrepresented, uh, underrepresented, yeah. then that's, it will be a worrying cyclical kind of continuation of, of that trend and the last thing we need like is is that i think but like but also i guess on the other side of things like all music is that though isn't it like in the same way that an yeah. a, that an ai studies music and generates something or composes something based on everything it's learned like that's what a human does as well. Like humans go to school and they learn about Bach and they learn about Mozart or they learn about the Beatles or whatever it might be. And then based on all of that, they create music. So it's hey, like, listen. have you seen Tar? Does it, there's a whole scene about this. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Watch Tar. I know. Oh my God, I know. It's, so Every, it's one of those things where everyone keeps telling me to watch it. So I'm like protesting. What you're literally talking about there, there is a, big scene around that idea <laughs> okay right need, yeah <laughs> i will yeah. but like um, i guess my, my question is like will if, if we do end up rejecting ai generated music as art will the reason for us doing that be because we fundamentally believe that only humans can create art hmm. and i don't know the answer to that question i don't think any of us do um, you can think of like there was there's the, e even what music is isn't even technically you know defined by humanity's influence on it. Like you could yeah. think about Next birds, song, or what, you know, whatever it is. What even is music? Birds. <laughs> I once I once did like a like a talk on um all of the I think I I chose like 10 different uh uh definitions academic definitions of what music is and how so many of them contradict one another and a lot of them that people go by have absolutely no um no requirement for humans to be involved in it at all. So, I mean, I'd be interested to hear from those people on on the idea of AI. But like, yeah, it's just it's 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 like it's you know it's like mind blowing stuff. I'm thinking but that's about why it all I wanted day. to talk about it this week. That's why I felt like it would, look we needed to just uh, address it, give ourselves a grounding in what's happening mm. because we don't know what's coming down the line in the next few yeah, weeks. And I think it's easier to ignore it was easier to ignore the nft stuff than it is to ignore this because it's now becoming part of the uh, cultural conversations by people doing this kind of stuff but i think the wider the wider issues is yeah what we're discussing there and i think that's interesting to talk about i'm interested to see what kind of answers people come up with if there is answers that uh, come up in terms of what happens and what's your gut telling you Niall? how do you like what's what's your feeling how is it sitting with you uh, I kind of feel like it'll be a, there is parts of this that will, will just disappear. Um, it'll be ephemeral art. Um, I think the memes will disappear pretty quickly. Yeah. Maybe something will be created that people will go, oh, that's something special. And there will be maybe a flashpoint like with sampling where people suddenly go, hold on a second. Something has happened here that's different to other yeah. things. That isn't just somebody like the AI stuff trying to create 
and drum up a bit of marketing for them for their own band or whatever else yeah. happens. Copyright issues uh, separate to all of that. I think you're going to hear a lot more about that stuff in the next few months for sure. But I mean, that's not inherently interesting. Uh, you know, it's it t- kind of takes us back ten years in terms of the the time where people were where labels had to spend more time. Uh, playing whack-a-mole with things that appeared online and uh, mm. apparently there's like discord communities of people who are creating AI albums uh, for one artist and all this kind of stuff so it's just going to get worse <laughs> in terms of yeah. in terms of the volume maybe it takes one big artist one well-known artist to utilize it in a manner that makes sense that uh, captures the imagination for something to mm. last and it's for it to really hit otherwise it just remains internet ephemera for now uh but it is interesting it does uh, uh, like quest pose questions about the viability of artistry creativity what it is for someone to sound uh, to be well known for their voice uh if mm-hmm. somebody can just take their voice and create something like it do you need that person anymore can you then the wider things like when someone dies can someone is someone going to continue making that music for somebody else mm-hmm using that voice which isn't new like we've had no it's not it's not i mean we had like a, a number one remix of um of elvis presley singing a little less conversation like like this idea like this is why i kind of keep coming back to the idea of sampling because i can totally understand why people were completely panicked about sampling but we found a kind of an equilibrium with it and i I I agree with you. I suspect that there that that this will calm down in a way where the the actual nuts and bolts of it will will probably be too boring for people who aren't super into music or super into copyright law and things like that. Which I think you and I are like skirting on the like we are quite interested in copyright laws. Yeah, too, no, I too, like never sure studied that. law, um, but like for people who aren't interested in that. It it it'll settle down and it will become something that is kind of interesting and novel when it's being used in 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 different ways. And yeah, there might be an artist who, like David Byrne, could release like the greatest album of his career, and we could find out that it was you know done collaboratively collaboratively with AI or whatever it is, and then there'll be kind of an acceptance or whatever. But right now, it's just in this kind of like crazy spinning mess where it's it's lawless it's like complete lawlessness like no one knows even if if people are it's like we haven't written the rules that people are breaking so it's Mm. like to use another train metaphor like you know laying the tracks while the train is coming it's like we okay we well we we need to write some laws to protect people against this because we didn't think this was going to happen and yeah and that's difficult and so it's like it's incredibly interesting that it's happening. Like it's, it's something that we're definitely, it's, it's more, a it's a more philosophical conversation than I think we're used to having in our culture kind of at, at large, um, from people who just listen to music as kind of background noise while they're studying or working or actual musicians and musicologists and scholars and things like that. Like it affects everybody because music affects everybody. So yeah, it's very, mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It is indeed. So I think that's like plenty to get your teeth into if you're interested yeah. in uh, alien music. So uh, thank and you. Uh, I would love to hear people's thoughts on it if they do want to. What's our email? Podcast um, at nine dot com. Yeah, if anyone does have thoughts, like if you're a musician or just a music fan or whatever, do email us because this is something that I'm like very interested to hear what other people have to say about it and yeah. in the in the discord as paul mentioned earlier yeah that's it that is the place to go that's it for the niler nine podcast i've been drake and i love all the niler nine listeners be yeah, that was uh that was drake there just saying goodbye um and we will now say goodbye thank you everybody goodbye everyone you see you next week goodbye you goodbye you
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.